0: Hi,
1: calling you from the Legal Department of Service Canada. Purpose of this call is regarding enforcement action, which has been executed by Department of Justice against your social insurance number. Ignoring this would be an intentional attempt to avoid initial appearances before the magistrate judge or exempt jury for a federal criminal offense. So before this matter goes to federal courthouse or you get arrested, kindly press 1 and speak to an officer now.
0: Candy Minx here in Chicago for the Agency Podcast. Hi, Eugene.
1: And Eugene here in Toronto with a bag of pistachios and a double scotch. <laughs> I'm a dangerous man. Yeah, you are. How are you, Candy?
0: I'm okay. I left my notes at another table, but I'll get them in a second.
1: <laughs> Excellent. That's yeah, the best okay. way to go. Note, note free.
0: I know. I'm. I've got the dizzies from the train. I feel like I'm still on the train, rocking. Oh dear. Yeah, we just got in about an hour or so ago.
1: I'll just, I'll start rocking a little bit and pretend yeah, that know. I'm on the train too.
0: Oh yeah, no, that even makes it worse. Like when I turn my head, when I turn my head, I feel like I'm I'm back on the train.
1: It's How a long strange. a train trip is it? We're talking Albuquerque to Chicago, right? Correct. 24 hours. Wow. Basically. I didn't think it was that long.
0: Well, it's a 21 hour drive. Is it? Yeah. So when we drive, we do two 10 hour days, basically. Wow. Yeah. Very tiring drive.
1: Albuquerque is it, a far away place. It's very far. It's very, it's in the West. That far away. They have pop yeah. culture there too. I know. And you know where we have to drive through
0: sometimes is the Ozarks. Ooh. Yeah. Actually a couple years, two years ago, we were in at the conference two years ago. Can you believe it? It kept feeling so strange that we've been there, that this was all in two years, everything we've been through. And, um, On the way there before, we drove through Ozarks. And when we came back, Steg and I were really sick. And we had to stay a couple of days in the Ozarks because I couldn't keep driving. And I had not watched the TV show. It wasn't until the pandemic that um, I don't know if it was Tricia had recommended I watch Ozarks. I think it was Tricia. And so we just started binging it in in March and April of 2020.
1: Well, for another perspective (laughs) in the same area, I'd like to recommend... uh, a set of youtube videos that is uh, a concert in a few parts by um a fellow named uh, bob holt who was an ozark fiddler oh. who played mostly square dance tunes nice. and he does a concert with a guitar player named elvie dooms mm. and um elvie's also a fiddle collector and nice. uh, seller and they both wear the official seed company hats that you have to wear if you're an Ozark fiddler. Um, And it's, first of all, Bob Holt is completely charming, totally, (laughs) totally charming. Um, He's, he does some of the things that I guess he's fairly old when he does this concert and he does the things Well, my dad used to do these things. That's why I associate with old people, because it's stuff my dad used to do. Like in the middle of his concert, he takes takes a napkin or a handkerchief out of his back pocket, blows his nose in it, stuffs it back in his pocket. This is the kind of thing you do when you're delivering a concert. Right. Which you probably, some people would choose not to do that. Yes. Some people might. Anyway. He's a charming guy. And uh, he takes questions and talks about, um, you know, how they play music in the Ozarks, which is fast. They play very, very fast. Um, And he plays a number of different tunes. And it's totally delightful. And if you just search uh, on the YouTube machine, Bob Holt concert, you'll find it. Okay. You know why they play so fast? So the devil can't catch them.
0: There you go. I was going to say, or the Kansas City mob. (laughs) Um, and you know I think it's funny? the same
1: reason why you put a uh, rattlesnake rattles in your fiddle, just to ward off the devil. Ward off Cause the when devil. you play the devil's music, you know, you're getting into dangerous territory.
0: That's true.
1: You know, and if, if stuffing a rattlesnake rattle down your fiddle keeps you away from the, the burning fires of hell, I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah. When we what drove, mean? what the heck, um, what the heck, when we were driving, there's a big sign in the Ozarks called Uranus fudge. <laughs>
1: Out of this world! <laughs> I'm trying to swallow a little sip of scotch without it coming out my nose.
0: <laughs> I'm not making that happen. Like, I'm not stopping for that fudge. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's a huge company. So, like it's wow. pretty popular. They had billboards everywhere.
1: Well, in the middle of Idaho, there mm-hmm. is a, a a town. I think it's called Arco, which was the first nuclear powered community in uh, in the United States. Oh. And uh there's a there's a place there called Pickles, or at least there used to be. I assume pickles is still there. I don't know yeah I lost um, and you. they serve something called an atomic burger. Wow. yeah, and I ate a, I ate an atomic burger. I've totally lost you on the video here. Oh you can't see me.
0: I can't well, see you. Now. I touched a button down here and well, I lost it's
1: you. user error because I yeah. can see you and I can see me. Can you see me looking for you? I can see you. Yeah, you're looking. I'll try and try the back. view button. The view button. Yes, in the top right of your screen, it says view.
0: Oh no, I'm I'm way I'm way past that point of no return. I'm like got an advertisement for Zoom here. There's nothing I can choose to do. Oh well, I guess I'll just talk to you without looking at you. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I get to look at, at you, and you don't blues. get to look at me. That's I know. A, I'm so it's a so fair rude. Good. I know it's not fair. It's really frustrating. But you know it is user oh, error. Oh, I found you. I found you.
1: Ah, found what was you. it?
0: Oh, there we go. Yes, it was user error. It's my fault. It was nothing else. I somehow pressed a button that took me out of a camera vibe. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just out of curiosity, did it yeah. have to do with the view button?
0: No. It okay. had to do with that. I didn't realize I had another window, and I actually touched another window. Oh, up okay. So, really, I didn't break anything. <laughs> I just thought I broke something. So. You've
1: been in Albuquerque. Tell us all about it.
0: Well, let's see. I'll try to tell you about it. I'll just Um, drink scotch and listen. Good. I love that. We've been gone for a week. We went last Monday and we got into town and um, took one, we took it, stayed in one motel, went and got, we we have a routine. Um, The train was amazing. It was so good to be on the train. It was sort of busy but not too busy and they've changed a few things because last time we went on it um i didn't want to keep it in the food car anymore i wanted to get food in my room because i got exhausted talking to strangers because apparently i'm just a introverted um freak and uh, you know the first couple of times you sit at a table of people it's kind of fun but then you just don't know who you're going to be sitting with ah. and so um i was really worried about it, plus COVID. what's going to happen now are we going to sit at the table with somebody? But no, they what they did was before um, the pandemic, they had just around the time they were going to end, just before they opened up again, they were ending the shared eating. Everybody was going to eat in the room. And it wasn't really because of just COVID, but because they said hipsters didn't like meeting strangers.
1: <laughs> millennials millennials Those wanted to cap the
0: millennials wanted to sit in their room and use their screens and eat in their room they didn't want to sit at a shared table with people so i thought that was funny because that's exactly how i felt and um and i am not a millennial so then now what they do is it's just people you don't have the whole train eating there you used to be able to have the whole train eat in the dining car now it's just for people who have rooms uh. Um, so, and that was fine. And we had our own table because of COVID. So we didn't share tables. So then I was like, great. Cause otherwise I was going to eat in our little booth. We had, you know, a little half booth, something kind of cool. Somebody had told me that you can get this bid when you buy your seat on a coach, let's say a coach train. And just before your, um, your, your train trip comes up, you'll get an email and it'll say, do you want to bid? And you get to bid between a certain amount of money to, um, see if you can upgrade. So I did do that. I bid something that I thought I could live with, and we were upgraded into a room.
1: Hey, it was that's so pretty good.
0: fancy. But Stag and I didn't use the shower. We had a shower and a washroom, but we didn't use the shower. We were afraid of it. <laughs> First of all, the door kept popping open, and then it looked it was. Listen, it was a little bit scary. It was so small, Eugene, and you're shaking around. I just didn't think it was. I don't know. I might have tried it if Stag did, but he refused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, a few years ago when, yeah. when Sheila and I went to, uh, to Vietnam, we went on a, a pretty darn good tour. Uh, mm. so we had a tour guide throughout our trip and we stayed in really nice places and everything was, was super organized. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, but when, when we were arranging it, uh, our, our travel agent, uh, said that there was an option from going from Hanoi to Hawaii to upgrade to a plane. And she oh. just said, she said, you are going to upgrade to the, the plane. I'm not having you take that train. Oh, uh, apparently she had heard some things about the train. And oh. uh, so we, we did the upgrade and we, um, When we were on our our tour, I talked to our tour guide about it and said, you know, we were really discouraged from taking the train. Uh And he said, oh, you know, it's an old train, but the train is is okay." And then he stopped at a convenience store so that everybody who was taking the train could get a plastic cover for their bed to to separate (laughs) themselves from the wildlife. That might oh, be on the
0: train. My God, like a bad And I'm like,
1: oh, thank God we didn't take yes. the train. <laughs> it's, it's overnight. And if you have to worry about creepy crawly things, I don't want to oh, do that. Oh, yeah, that um, is scary. Uh now the people who did take the train told us the next day that there was it wasn't a creepy crawly problem, but the problem was it was an old train and you went back and forth and back and forth and chugga-chugga back and forth, like for the whole, the whole journey. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. it got to be pretty monotonous oh where we took the one hour flight to hawaii Mm -hmm. and our guide had already given us the name of a vegetarian hot pot restaurant so we went in excellent and got hot pot in this wonderful restaurant in way the food was so good there was just so many things to go into this hot pot nice Wonderful variety of, of flavors and pineapple in the hot pot too. Really delightful. Oh, delicious. Yeah. yeah, I bet that was good. So that was my non-train experience. Yeah, your non-train
0: experience. Yeah, well, this train was pretty comfortable. It did rock around. Like I say, I'm really shaken up. I can still feel it. I'll probably feel it all through the night. Um, and it, it happened when I got to Albuquerque too. It took me a good day to get out of it. And I don't no, no, normally get distracted by motion travel, but I was very distracted back and forth. And we were all really tired. I don't know why. Like, I'm used to being in Albuquerque. It's a much higher altitude of about 5,500 feet. So it's up, up. you know, Chicago's at zero. But um, I really felt the altitude this time for a couple of days. Everybody did. And I wondered if it's just because of the pandemic that we're just not used to doing much. I don't know why. But, you know, Steg and I have been traveling. I didn't feel that tired other places I went to. It was pretty tiring, but we had a great time. We saw so many people. We have saw our conference friends that we've made over the years that we know year after year, and we go out for all That's kinds. That's kind of good.
1: You could have dinner together and stuff like oh that. Oh my right?
0: God, our dinners are ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. We find the you know really great food, and we went out for tapas a couple of times and French food, and um, a couple of the people really like wine and they're very good at choosing wine, so it's very exciting. Excellent. And uh, we made new friends too. So that was a lot of fun.
1: And how did and that, fact, how did it go you, delivering your paper?
0: You know what? It's probably the best experience I had giving a paper. I don't know why I just felt like I was really comfortable. I, I was nervous. I was super nervous, but that's not what I mean. I expect to be nervous. I like being nervous. I think that makes your voice more yeah, lilty yeah. and put some life behind you. I wouldn't want to be just like blah, blah, blah. But I felt so confident about what I had written and what I was doing that I just kind of enjoyed it.
1: That's great. That, yeah, that just means you really ad-libs. know your stuff. And you're I felt comfortable like that. talking about
0: it. I did feel that. And I felt like I was able to add things on the fly if I wanted to or change gears. And I had a lot of fun. And, and I heard some other great papers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and also, did you participate in panels this time? I did. Now, let me tell you, there were 700 people at the conference. I was surprised it was is, that many. Is that I a don't, lot? Mm, I thought it was a lot more than I was expecting. Okay. And But it didn't look like it. It was very quiet in the hotel. And I think that people, I, we, I think that probably we had a, a few thousand normally. Um, there see. were not, yeah, it was definitely a smaller conference, but everybody was so happy to be there and see each other. And we wore our masks 100%. Um, that was a rule in, even though New Mexico is maskless now. That's and good. I think, yeah, I think Chicago is maskless as of today. Not that Stag and I are not going to wear a mask. We're all N95, you know. We're N95 all the way. And um, so everyone wore their masks and um, the panels were a little smaller. There were ones that were canceled. I did do a round table and it was very interesting. It definitely took turns that I didn't expect it to do. Um, We were talking about AI and I don't know, maybe I was with another woman. We were kind of the ones we kind of came up with the the, um, panel idea, the roundtable idea. But guess what? George didn't make it to the conference remember our friend george yeah yeah he couldn't make it a couple days before the um conference he was exposed to somebody with covid oh dear so he had to isolate all weekend
1: was he able to participate virtually no
0: no i texted him a lot and sent him pictures i mean i suppose i could have put him on facebook but uh i mean facebook i meant facetime but no he did not participate that way. He had to stay right out of it. So it was really a bummer. And I think a lot of the uh, people that come, they really look forward to being with George, and he leads a lot of the discussions. Oh, yeah, he's so a real charismatic, mover yes.
1: in, in that kind of uh, yes, organization. Yes, he is.
0: So Alana and I were kind of on our own, but we um had met last year on the Zoom conference and remembered each other, and she's just a great woman, and we, we hung out with her all weekend, too. She's really, really cool. She wrote a book called The Girl Who Thought She Was God, Alana Eisenbart. And I actually got a copy here, so I'm looking forward to reading that. It's kind of um I'll put it into our
1: book list. The what's well, the book again?
0: The The Girl Who Thought She Was God. And it's a spiritual book. Um, so I'll read the back. The move to higher ground. In the days preceding a cataclysmic event, animals flee to safety. A shift is happening in the human species. Those of us attuned to our inner nature are moving to higher ground. However, it is not a physical movement, but spiritual. And it is not a to a place, but an elevated level of consciousness for this is how we evolve. That's just one of the paragraphs on the back. So I, I got the book because I'm a little curious. We had a lot of fun because we were going to talk about, I think I told you Altered Carbon. I watched that series and Westworld and The Matrix and whatever we could about AI. And I kind of started it out talking about how I'm When I was a kid, I really liked cartoons, but I wasn't sure if they were human or not. Are they their own animals or were the humans inside of them hiding? I was never really sure. And I said, I was trying to think of really organic things about how to process AI or unusual species. And that I really like um, Tony the Tiger on the serial and Michelin Man, those characters. And, And when they get animated, when the technology gets better and they get animated into high tech CGI, I'm fascinated by it. Like I'm obsessed. And then I'm really polite to the bank recording. Right? I don't want to lose my humanity on the bank recording. I'm like, yes, okay, goodbye. Even though it's not even real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, thank you. And I'm saying thank you. And I'm like, why am I saying thank you to a recording? However, I don't want to lose that. Do you, so get, the,
1: did... uh, do you get the Service Canada recordings? This I don't right now. Service Canada. There will be a warrant <laughs> out for your arrest. Please no, I call don't get and give us your information now.
0: I get other ones like that that are like your um taxes are up now the police are outside your door <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you don't pay this much right now it, it really is only a worry if you have to look
0: <laughs> yes yes and it's only a worry to them when I say I'm taking your phone number and this is a scam click um yeah the, the they never worry about finding your money they just take it they don't phone you. The IRS doesn't phone you or Canada taxes; <laughs> they just bill you. Uh, yeah, so then we had it somehow. Um, one of the fellows in the roundtable started talking about which is a game I'm familiar with: is Skyrim. Um, but he talked about the whole series of this this game, this um, CGI game, and how it's you build up your consciousness. I I can't explain it, but it was pretty fascinating. We got into this talk about somehow it got really to um, what's the meaning of life and consciousness and love. It's not at all what I expected because i kind of said in an ironic way, why don't we create um, an AI that is like a Buddha or a monk? Like if why don't we create an enlightened being? Well, it didn't go over very well. Everybody looked at me like, why would you do that? I went, well. I mean, if we like that sort of thing, shouldn't we make an AI? It would be a great teacher for us. We could just have them around with us all the time. Sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we just had a crazy discussion. It it went all over the place, from Thomas Merton to Westworld to um, how come everybody thinks AI is always going to be evil, or is it going to be boring? it's not? I, I say don't do AI. I'm against it. I'm very dead against AI. Don't believe in it.
1: Well, you know, in the Go world, uh-huh. since since AI started beating up on the best professional <laughs> Go players, yes, AI has really become sensei AI. It's become um, the teacher. Well, there you go. That's and a lot of the go. top players, they they become better by studying mm. AI. And so, um, they have uh they have a name for the best player in the world right now a guy named uh, Shinjin so um they call him um something like Mr AI yeah um yeah. you know are you even human i think yeah. when he beat yeah. up on uh, Kujai, uh another top player um the other day and KJ's comments were are you even human yeah like nobody can play like that but he did it by studying the ai and the ai of course continues to learn right that's the thing about that kind of machine learning it just gets better yeah strong and i guess that that ties into why not make the
0: dalai lama a type like the dalai lama or a sensei into why not like that it would be
1: really good to have a spiritual advisor (laughs) that you could. You know, instead of saying "Hey Alexa, turn on the lights," you could say "Hey, turn on the lights." I'm having an existential crisis right now. Can you help me through it? Right, right. That would be really handy. It would be. And you know, you I'd probably end up with like a spiritual advisor who's like, "I'm busy now. I'm having dinner."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't eat dinner that we know of so far. So you're you're good there.
1: Did the the, uh, the artificial beings on Westworld eat.
0: I don't recall them eating at all, actually, but they right. drank whiskey, didn't they? So maybe they did eat maybe. because they were in the saloon all the time. So maybe they did. I think they drank whiskey. Right.
1: Well, that's so they next, probably did eat. Next time you go for, for a dive at, uh, at, at Westworld, Westworld, see if they I'm eat anything.
0: Take notice. Yeah, they probably do because it, it would add to the realism it wouldn't be very believable if they weren't partaking in food and they do have some human to them. They're part bodies. So they probably need food, right? They're part AI, part human beings. like they have, um, um, 3d flesh or something, 3, 3d printer flesh of some apparently
1: (laughs) Shenzhen. So looks just like a human too. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, I completely changed the subject here on your recommendation. Uh, I started watching the uh well, Sheila and I both started watching the Jack Reacher series. Oh, how was it? You know, it's fun, light entertainment. Yes. I, I put it in the same bucket as The Closer, uh Justified, yes. you know, um somewhat dysfunctional, um, mm-hmm. protagonist. Um, in this case, I mean the Jack Reacher stories are really they're just a, a different environment for. Kane and Kung Fu, wandering yes. America, looking for adventures. It, it right? really it's, is like Kung it's Fu. It's exactly the same storyline.
0: Exactly the same
1: story. right? Except it that is. it doesn't have, like, go back to China and learn right. how to walk on rice But he paper. goes
0: back to the war when he was in the military and different opera- throughout the books he goes back. And it, was, it didn't in that series, but in some series it does go back to, um, you know, when he was serving.
1: Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it's not bad. There's a little bit of chemistry between, uh, between Reacher and... Uh, was it Roscoe, uh, uh-huh. who's uh-huh. like the Starbucks character, <laughs> right from Battlestar Galactica? Reminded me right. of that. In any case, right. um, in any case, you know, the writing isn't that the the top level writing. The acting isn't the top level acting. The series is fun. Yeah. It rolls along at a nice pace. Exactly. It's exactly. Uh, if you want to just unwind and and watch watch some. You know, action adventure, hijinks—it's the mm-hmm. kind of series for you. I would, I would recommend it at that level. Just don't, don't be expecting high art here. I agree,
0: totally. Um, but if you do want high art, you sent me a message and we watched it. Steven Soderbergh's movie.
1: Uh, no sudden move.
0: Yeah, boy, was that good. It was, it was that quite was Quite the thing. cast
1: in that film. Quite huh? the
0: cast. Hold on, I'm going to get my notes.
1: <laughs> okay. Candy's got to get her notes. Uh, th- this is a 2021 film directed by Steven Soderbergh, starring, uh, among other people, Don Cheadle, uh, Benicio del Toro, uh, David Harbour, John Hamm, Kieran Culkin, Matt Damon, uncredited, and Roy- Ray Liotta. Yeah, what
0: a cast. Um, everybody was so good.
1: And the way it looked, did you notice those weird angles? Yeah, it's set in Detroit in 1954. Yeah, um, so it had lots of uh, lots of atmosphere, uh, beautifully filmed for sure. Uh, I got a little bit frustrated that these guys like it's a story about a bunch of uh, low life crooks that that mm-hmm. are brought together to do a job to get a document, and mm-hmm. everything goes to shit, and it has something to do with the automotive industry.
0: Yes, um, yes.
1: Did I get that right? Yes, <laughs> um, you did. It, I just got frustrated that these guys were just so out to lunch all the time. And, <laughs> you know, so they had to try to find the people who hired them to try to straighten stuff out. Cause the yeah. job didn't go well. And um,
0: um, I think the last a,
1: hour is more successful than the first hour. Yeah, the, the plot was kind of convoluted is so I guess what yeah. I'm, I'm I would at.
0: take off. I would have taken off. I would have condensed that first hour into half an hour. And I all think right. I, this is the have, second time, by the way, uh-huh.
1: you are making the editing criticism I know. not me
0: i know i know no listen <laughs> i loved it but i would not i would have sped up that first hour whether it means taking off the time or doing a bit more mystery i think maybe condensing it yeah. would have kept that suspense going yeah i and get I think why i get the why problem. they did it
1: because uh-huh. it's a caper movie and yes, caper, caper movies require lots of setup and That's so they, they put a lot of time into into the setup yeah. Uh, it was just a lot of time for a bunch of guys who didn't really know what they were doing, which yeah. I guess was, was sort of the point of the... I think it was the point. And of, they shouldn't.
0: The and I think after the whole film was done, they did better than they could have done. They did figure out what was happening, despite themselves. And there's a couple of good um, insights to their characters throughout the movie. I loved it. Um, the cinematographer was Peter Andrews. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. Steven Sodenberg, <laughs> he always credits Peter Andrews okay. instead of himself. And um, he, the reason that it looks unusual with those, I thought, was this supposed to be 3D? Because I was very distracted by the, uh, almost like a fisheye, but it was the lenses on a red um, Monstro camera. He always uses digital and he looked for some, just the right kind of grain for the film to, to kind of blend it into that uh, noir mood. I thought it looked really beautiful. I thought it was a beautiful set, and I loved Don Cheadle so much. And uh, Benicio Del Toro, they were really a good team. Um, but they were mad cap and ass backwards, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it was, uh, I, you know, he's a such a competent director. <laughs> yes. He could do these things in his <laughs> sleep. He's just, <laughs> he knows all the little things that he make... Does. A genre successful. He knows how to make them tick, and yeah. this this is really no exception. And this is his sixth film since he came out of retirement. I know. Like, what's that about? being a film? He quit filmmaking, and he's the best filmmaker now. Uh, yeah, he's done six of them since two thousand seventeen. Isn't that so? For crazy? a guy who wanted to retire, he's been busy. That's very fast, busy, eh? very busy. You know that I talked about
0: um two years ago in quarantine. I watched the movie Unsane. Remember, I told you about a woman who gets accidentally put into an insane asylum. And that's shot on an iPhone.
1: Uh-huh. And it's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: I think you he, know, yeah. there has
1: been a few. I think the Florida project might have been an iPhone. I I think so. Um, and that one about the uh the the uh the trans hookers. A tangerine. Tangerine, yes. Yes, um. Yes. That, that, that was iPhone. that one if it wasn't on an iPhone it was it was done to look like it was done on an iPhone. It was done on an iPhone. It yeah. was. Yeah. That was a I great film him. too, wasn't that it? That was a great film. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun with that.
1: I loved it. Hey, you know what we uh we stumbled into last night? Uh Do you remember the film Office Space? Yes, 1999. We watched that again. <clears throat> oh, what a delight. I had forgotten completely about that film.
0: That's a great movie. And that's also a movie, I believe, made in the year that changed movies, 1999.
1: Yes, it was 1999 yeah, and directed yeah. by Mike Judge, who created the uh, the character Milton for a series of animated shorts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So this is, was his opportunity to bring his Milted character, who's really a sidebar character in, in the film. Milted's a guy who they tried to fire him, but he like never got the letter or something. Right. And the paychecks right. kept coming. So he kept yeah. coming into work, but he had no actual function. Right. Uh, delightful, delightful film. Um, <clears throat> starring uh, Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston, um, mm-hmm. and David Herman. Jennifer Aniston was really wonderful in the scenes where she was talking about the flair. She was waitressing at <laughs> a fast food restaurant where mm-hmm. she had to have at least 15 pieces of, like, tchotchkes on her that they called flare. Yeah. Yes. Very, That's very... That's
0: like, p- uh, steak at Hard Rock.
1: <laughs> oh, does he have to do that? Yes. Well, have they have enough.
0: pins. They, they go through phases. They got rid of the pins that, got, that you weren't allowed to wear your flare.
1: And now you now people are just wearing it. They're not asking permission. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. They want to wear it. So if you haven't seen this one, um, it's really about an employee, an employee, and and a series, a bunch of employees, at a soul killing job at a software company. Yes. Uh, and this guy, his he's breaking up with his girlfriend, and they go to counseling. Was that was that how he gets to the counselor? I think so. I, I think, think so. so yeah. yeah. Um, but the counselor or the the hypnotherapist brings him to a point of bliss and then dies, but he stays in the point of bliss and he just doesn't give a shit about his job anymore. Right. But he keeps, he keeps showing up. It's very, very funny. Very funny.
0: I have a friend who he had a triad of movies that year that cha- he just changed his life it was office space, fight club and American beauty. Oh, he said he, interesting he choices. Just, yeah, he unplugged the machine. He just changed his life and started yeah. living
1: differently. So it's kind of cool. Well, you know, it really does. Anyone who's worked at a cubicle jungle will, <laughs> will recognize actual people in this film. They've either yeah. worked for them or, mm. or know of them or have seen them in action. Like True. none of these people are surprises and I True. wouldn't be surprised at all. If Mike judge spent a few years living in a cubicle, working a cubicle. Yes, Um, agreed. It it also reminded me of a novel that came after it. I think it's a 2007 novel by Joshua Ferris. Um, Mm. I don't know if you've read it or not. It's called uh, "Then We Came to the End." No. Oh, highly recommend it. It's also a white-collar office environment that's undergoing rapid downsizing. Uh-huh. And, and the author uh, is one of the characters as the narrator and refers to people getting downsized either as, um, you know, Jack was shit can today uh, uh-huh. or or he was walked Spanish. Oh yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, walking Spanish down the hall. Yeah. I guess the uh, the term, I had, I had thought that the term walked Spanish came from the Tom Waits song. Walking Spanish down the hall, but apparently, it's walking Spanish is is what they call the walk to the electric chair. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I didn't know that. I just doing my extensive research for the podcast. I just huh
0: good. So
1: it's your whiskey. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, yeah, you know, both both office space <laughs> and then we came to the end really riff on that horrible time when a company is playing musical chairs mm-hmm. and you really don't know if you're going to get fired tomorrow or why. <coughs> um, yeah. You we know, do or for what stupid reason. Um, and I can tell you as someone who worked in an environment where that kind of musical chairs was happening, it's just oh, horrifying. <laughs>
0: It has to be experience. so depressing to not and not be able to tell people they're about to get fired
1: and you know it where where I worked um, and I never I never knew people I I knew by intuition it was okay happen. okay well, and also there was we we had a bunch of boardrooms in the place that <clears> I worked <throat> and you would book the boardrooms online but because there were lots of meetings Mm -hmm. There were, it was hard to get boardrooms, but there was one boardroom that was the size of a bathroom that no one ever, (laughs) ever booked. So if you came into work in the morning and you saw there were people in the, in the boardroom that you didn't recognize, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you knew someone was getting it. Right. They mm, brought in the hitman. Terrible. Right. And then they had someone who worked at, at HR that we referred to as the angel of death <laughs> because she would like be seen around yeah. your area before people got walked Spanish. Oh, terrible. You know, she would, she would be yeah. the person who would come in um, before someone starts work and put the post-it note in their computer. Please meet me in the HR office. Which is the bathroom.
0: <laughs> Which, size room. Yeah. Whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, that's
0: um, terrible.
1: Oh, yeah. And when they were doing it at the place where where I worked, they didn't even have a cleanup squad. So um, when they fired my boss and my boss's assistant, Mm. um, my my boss's assistant had a coffee going and I watched (laughs) that coffee evaporate a little bit more every day. And I decided early on that the one thing I was not going to do is clean up the mess of of a shit canning. That was, that was just not going to happen. Right. And so I was going to let every ounce of that coffee wow. um, disappear. <laughs> um, and as well, there was, I worked for someone who collected a lot of paper. There were mm. files on everything. And mm. when they downsized her out, you know, I told the executives, look, there's a lot of paper here that someone's, you can't just leave this paper out here. There's files on who knows what. So somebody had to come down and spend a couple of days going through all like mountains, mountains of files. We used to live by so much paper in that world. Oh God, Ah, I feel better now. I've just, don't normally talk about that job, you know? Yeah, that is a a fine enough job. I mean, as jobs go, it was, it was pretty good, but, but boy, you get me talking. I just have to do a little bit of a, a little bit of a, qi kung here, some calm blue ocean.
0: That's right. (laughs) that chai that chi flow happening stay just dope. brought me a water that's just like say, if you were wondering what I was doing What's that, that was coffee. pretty good it would have been better if he
1: brought you a scotch but
0: I know but I, I think I drank a lot this week so I'm taking the oh, night okay. off oh god we had so much wine going we took wine on the train we drank one they they give you a glass of wine with your dinner nice on the train it was very nice that's good that's good not bad at all it was great so I, I've got to clean out a little bit got to dry up a little bit <laughs> definitely need to hydrate (laughs) Um,
1: Um, yeah so uh hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to a a couple of the people that that you met at the uh -hmm. well i know (laughs) i we
0: do i've been lining up interviews one woman lisa who um we we spend a lot of time with we met her at that same talk on esoterica and um we kind of all had some interesting ideas and um, she's going to, I saw her paper and it was on Mennonite food and I couldn't help, but think how great that is for our podcast because it's kind of going to be like our comfort food diner with um, an academic approach or I would
1: love to know about Mennonite food. I don't really know very much about it, except that I've eaten a product that was marketed. I think it was from St. Jacob's and marketed as Mennonite salami. Mm. And, and I thought I had Mennonite bacon and it was delicious. Yeah. I know that this stuff, this Mennonite salami stuff was pretty rocking good. Pretty rocking yeah, good.
0: Yeah. Sure. So she, she
1: had, so I think it'll be very interesting. I think we'll have a lot of fun and
0: probably have that next week. So I am lining up some of the people I, I met. I'm going to watch the Beatles and hopefully we have a fellow He presented a paper on the Beatles regarding the Disney. Remember, I told you I had the Disney app and I was going to subscribe to it and watch the famous. The new Beatles thing that came yes, out? Yes, yes. All 11 hours ago. of it. Hours and hours of it.
1: So I'm going to try and do that in the next couple of weeks. I would like to, I would like to watch the three-hour version. Yeah, that's right. right. Like, like somebody does some well, editing of like seven or eight hours of it. Guess it just what? gives I'll, me the choice bits.
0: I thought on the train today I would film it on my phone for you <laughs> and just
1: text it to you. Um, I think I may <laughs> be able to uh to see it. I don't know. I haven't been able to see it yet. Yeah, but I not against those sort of musical but, documentaries, yeah. and actually, I wanted to recommend a couple besides mm. the Bob Holt concert, which right. I hadn't planned on talking about. <laughs> uh, I I've come across two other um, little musical documentaries in in the last week that I would like to point people to, uh, both on the YouTube machine, both short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One is a twenty five minute video called Bill Monroe's Mandolin, oh. and it focuses. I would say less on bluegrass than on Bill Monroe himself. Okay. And it has a number of people there to do some performing, but also talk about the Bill Monroe that they knew. And it's people who played with him at different times during his career. Mm-hmm. So it includes um, Bill Keith, Ricky Skaggs, Kenny Baker, Bobby Hicks, Jerry Garcia, Emmylou Harris, Del McCoury, uh, and Peter Rowan. And it's mm-hmm. a really delightful little uh little documentary. It's just a just a short thing. It's mm-hmm. um you kind of kind of go in, enjoy it for a bit, and you're out again. Um quite good. Uh and also on a traditional music vein, um, and I find the traditional music ones because I'm always looking for <laughs> fiddle tunes and that right. sort of stuff. Uh, I I came across another one that was. It was done by some local news station, and it was hosted by Mark carcassel who's a local news anchor now on Global, and mm. he used to be a reporter on News Talk 1010 radio. So I don't know who he was working for when he did this, but it's called The mm. Land Where Music Lives. It's a 13-minute little piece done for a newscast. It's really interesting. Cool. It's all about uh, traditional music in the Ottawa Valley. And you know where the the immigrants came from, and how it made a kind of musical melting pot in that area. Um, and they visited uh, a dance hall that closed its doors forty years. Mm. earlier and it's still sitting there Um, this woman's husband she ran it with her husband and he died and she just couldn't bear to run it anymore without him and so she just padlocked the door and that was the end of it and they went back and they visited her and talked to her and she unlocked the door and they went in and they had two of the musicians who had played there as entertainers for dances and they Mm. set up their stuff Mm. and they got to play one more tune in the in the space just a beautiful little glimpse at uh, at rural traditional music in the Ottawa Valley area, which has a very very rich uh, <clears throat> musical tradition. So I'd like cool. to uh, to recommend that one as well. Good, good, excellent.
0: Oh, two two other people. I think that um, we've got lined up as one um, Deb and Stacy. They're going to talk to us probably two different interviews. Uh, the first one, women in the military, and then a second one on war and culture, maybe down down near the end of March.
1: But well, I, I guess that's, talk... those are timely, aren't they?
0: Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they, I've seen her talk on women in war and trauma in the past at other conferences. And we met outside and I just, you know, had a card on me and said, look, will you come on the podcast and, uh, and give us a chat? So, yes, it could be. It is timely and um, they're feisty and they're very interesting. So that should oh, be good. And the other one is a that. woman who gave a paper on the killers, one of my favorite bands. Do you know the killers? No. Oh, they're great. I'll make you, I'll send you some videos. She just analyzes their lyrics and it, it sounds really fun. So she'll she'll probably come and spend time with us too.
1: <laughs> well, okay. I'm I'm Ooh. game for uh, I'm mm-hmm. game for uh, any visits and I'm yeah, sure that and there that... might even
0: be more that I, I just took a lot of cards and talked to a lot of people, so we'll just see. Sure. We'll just see we'll get people on for sure. I love it. And um, you know, there's speaking of trains and stuff and music. There's a train ride that happens in, it goes from gateway gate. What's it? Oh, um, no. Trinidad, Colorado to Raton, New Mexico. And they do a train in the summer and it's about nine hours and they play music and they perform along the way.
1: It just sounds like such a hoot. Yeah. There's cross country music trains as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that idea.
1: I, yeah, Ramblin' Jack uh, has done them, and um, uh, I think there's been a number of people who have done those sorts of trips mm-hmm. where, you know, they go on the trip, I guess they get paid for the gig, and they, they play, and they, <clears throat> you know, they coach other people who are playing. Yeah, and- no,
0: it's usually a group of mus- musicians, you're right, like students come on and get exposed. I yeah. think there's one that goes from Chicago to New Orleans, right, you know, of course, because of the Mississippi, and that train of, uh, that connection of music. Between Memphis, Chicago, and New Orleans.
1: Well, and and that's that's a very interesting. I mean, the train is so key to the history yeah. of American music, isn't it? True. Really very trains, true. cars, whiskey, yeah. women, and money. That pretty much there you go. <laughs> all of our favorite things. Trains and cars first. Yes. But really, I could think of dozens of train songs. Uh, and you know, and in in fact, I think the first song i ever learned the lyrics to in my <laughs> earliest memory yes. it's it's driving up when i was finally old enough that my dad and my brother agreed to take me fishing <laughs> and i'd be in the back seat of my dad's station wagon which had two speeds off and 85 <laughs> miles an hour man he drove that thing fast and we'd be roaring up the highway to some <laughs> trout fishing spot and mm-hmm. my dad and my brother would start singing The Wreck of the Old 97. That's and so, good. of course, you know, I I learned the lyrics. And right. to this day, I, I mean, I could, I'm not going to, but I could <laughs> recite all of the lyrics right. of, cool. of uh, uh, The Wreck of the Old 97. Who's the good and, version you like? Oh, uh, absolutely. The Hank Snow version. There's okay. In my family, there's no question. We oh all my. think that well, we all know that it's Hank, the Snow. Hank the Hank Snow version. And my, my dad used to say to me, he'd say, son, <laughs> you're gonna learn in this world there are two Hanks, mm-hmm. Snow and Williams. Mm-hmm. Snow is a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And later I, I think I may have said, Hey dad, you know, Williams is pretty good too. But I yeah. I got to know the Hank Snow music because of uh of, of my dad's interest in it right and you know later on i'm back to uh back to my job back at the uh uh-huh. in the workday world yes. uh, one of the things i got to do which was really fun um was i was i was working for canada post and um it was hank williams i uh, sorry hank snow's 100th birthday and oh. they came out with a stamp and yeah. so i called all the radio stations in nova scotia oh. and uh and offered up uh, interviews about our Hank Snow stamp. And Wonderful. People were so excited about that Aww, stamp, and that's so they great. still very much. Uh, the people I talked to really identified uh, Hank Snow as being a Nova Scotian. You know, that's he's our great. Hank Snow. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a really delightful set of interviews I got that to do. It so really cool, a right? highlight, a work highlight for me.
0: Right. So cool. Lovely. Um, I don't know if you picked this up on Facebook, but um, we always have an art table at the conference. And Stang and I usually put some, we bring some stuff that we already have, but we sometimes think of ideas that we want to make for it. I don't know what happened this year. We took a full suitcase and we came back with a tiny box of art. It's like it's sold all day long.
1: Wow, isn't that great? I don't know
0: what we did right. Now, I think there's three factors, I think, that happened. One, we made smaller work on on um, canvas board. You know where they put the canvas over cardboard? Yes. Yeah, so we used those primarily. I did have some small canvas stretch canvases. And um, we made everything one price. And the the organizers, the administrators... Prefix, that's right. (laughs) And the organizers, they sent out an email at one point saying, welcome. We're so looking forward to seeing each other in person. And please support. There's book tables. Like There's usually publishers as well. And they put all their pop culture books out. And and it's a lot of academia on pop culture items that they sell. Anyway, they said, please support your um, vendors. So we think that also helped. That's great. Yeah, it's so crazy. And Stag did a bunch of NFTs paintings of nfts <laughs> <laughs> of course he
1: would do paintings yeah. of, NFTs. Paintings of nfts that's hilarious and they
0: went they went like crazy like nuts <laughs> so he had such a good idea and they were easy to put in a suitcase and we just i mean i don't think he could believe it either we just did very well that's, and you know i made little postcards excellent. and i put them like two dollars each and
1: uh, nine for ten dollars, and they sold like crazy. Well, I hope everyone who bought something also went away with an agency podcast card. They
0: absolutely did. We gave away so many agency podcast cards, like so. Cards. It,
1: that reminds me Ooh. that you know I look at our our stats from time to time, and yeah. uh, one of the things that's been happening recently is the number of weekly visits we've been getting has remained fairly. Uh, constant in terms of the new episode but mm-hmm. the total number of visits has gone up substantially quite sharply really in quite the last sharply. few weeks and yeah. it looks like people are going back to yeah. to the early ones i know and I, you know i want to urge them to go a little bit you know fast forward a few episodes <laughs> <laughs> i think our early ones to me at least they seemed a little rough do you think we so i don't know i issues. think we had some
0: stuff
1: they hit. we had what we had technical, technical issues. You remember
0: questions. those. I do. You know what remember one I remember, though, that stands out to me? I don't know if it was the second, third, or fourth. I, I meant to go back. And I had a list of things that we had to do to make the world a better place. I don't know if you remember that. And rep- <laughs> I, and obviously one of them I was, didn't take notes. No, no, I didn't expect you to take notes. But I was really adamant about it. And those things have really haunted me in, in this past, in the pandemic and everything. They've really come to haunt me. I'll have to go back and look for them.
1: <laughs> That'd be fun. Then you could do yeah. like a, a fix it for whatever month we did it.
0: Right. I will probably want to add some more things to it. And of course, everywhere we went this weekend, at one point I'm in a conference and my phone blew up and I couldn't stand it, right? While people were giving their, they were doing a discussion in, in Cormac McCarthy, I had to go to the woman next to me and show her the headlines. And then I had to go to our friend, Alan, um, who's the Hemingway scholar and show him the headlines about Ukraine. Yeah, because i just couldn't stand sitting there on the phone and we had this conference going and we needed to acknowledge it you know and then for the rest of the weekend and even on the train today at the other tables it's all you hear people talking about is trying to
1: figure out why is he doing this what's happening what's going on it's it's crazy i in my little brain i had thought that this kind of warfare you know, the warfare where you have convoys of of ground artillery and supporting with airstrikes and like that and invading each other's mm. territory. I had thought that that was ancient history, mm. you know, but you know, clearly it that's not the case.
0: It's so weird. You can think of, let's say somehow you got stuck in a hurricane for three days and you were so terrified. And then at the end of the hurricane, everything's fine. You're coming out of it and your next door neighbor decides to, um I don't know break all the plumbing in the in the building or something. It's like uh, exactly who, it's horrible. Why how could you go after all the shit we've been through in the past two years?
1: And, of and all how can you think I mean you drive you drive your army a hundred miles and start killing people? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean there are people who live a hundred miles away from you, you know. I know. Uh, and this is Trump's best neighbors. friend. Remember
0: how Trump was giving him blowjobs for four years? Him and Putin were in bed together. So, I mean, I'd like Trump to, like, be dragged out, too. Because, um, and it's also pissed me off, all the things that they're saying, sanctions and let's not do this, that dude should have done that years ago. But anyway, I, you know, the other thing is COVID brain. <laughs> have you heard that rumor that he's got COVID brain? <laughs> and because who else would do this? Why would you do this? After a huge worldwide, terrible situation, who
1: would do this? Somebody nuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah for sure well i guess we're gonna all we can really do you know so uh, support um support ukraine as as best Mm -hmm. we can and uh i don't know i don't know what to do
0: yeah i i i wish the russian soldiers would put their weapons down and walk away or bury them somewhere and blow them up and not not do what he's telling you
1: it's a very hard thing to do
0: i know especially in a tyrannical
1: you no, know, I knew a guy who went AWOL from the Russian army.
0: I did not know that. Oh. Did you work with him at the office? <laughs> no.
1: This goes back to when I lived in the casket factory. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. And, and my next door neighbor, um, great guy, really liked him. Um, he liked to drink mm-hmm. uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, he gathered around him people who like to drink with him, and mm-hmm. one of them was this guy um, who came knocking on my door one day to ask me if I would like. Well, he asked me what my favorite kind of scotch was. He said, "Oh, you're I Eugene, right?" This. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I told him, and he said, "What would be a really, really good price?" So I, so I said 16 year old lagavulin and if i could get it at 25 dollars a bottle <laughs> i think it's a bargain and i don't know what i was thinking uh yeah you were but i bought you? two and yeah. um Later on, I found out what this guy was doing because he was yeah, going to the liquor store was missing. Yeah, they were going missing in with the bottles. briefcase, <laughs> And he would open the briefcase and he was personally responsible for the LCBO stores putting the really good scotch behind glass. Yes, yes.
0: Because he, he was, was loading,
1: responsible. Because he was loading them all into briefcases. He was stealing to order. I don't know how long oh, he did this. Yeah. So, um, anyway, there was another guy who who had joined the army in moscow and Mm -hmm. became special forces and he became special forces because it was better for your family if you did that Mm -hmm. you're in a position of privilege Um, and then um, they invaded afghanistan and they sent this guy to afghanistan and Mm -hmm. asked him to slit the throats of civilians Mm -hmm. and he basically said uh no i'm not doing that and left and yeah. he got somehow or other he got american papers he was in a got to a refugee camp managed to buy american papers and then swap them with somebody for canadian <laughs> papers and landed in canada and, wow. and i met this guy I wonder where he is now oh well i don't know but there was one night i was going out to see vox to play go uh-huh. and this fellow was next door. He had a studio door open mm-hmm. and the guy who sold scotch was next door and they were all drinking it up really good. <laughs> and they were starting to, there was, I could feel unpleasantness in the air. Uh oh. <clears throat> and when I got home late that night, there was a smashed door glass on the ground floor and up in front of my neighbor's studio was a puddle of blood oh, that um, like if you saw that puddle of blood, you would wonder what hospital the person was in. Oh
0: dear!
1: And it seems that the, they all got drunk and the, the Scotch seller made some kind of comment uh, about Russians and Afghanistan <laughs> and uh, this guy yeah. snapped and beat this guy really badly, oh, really, boy. really badly. And then when I got there, uh, my next-door neighbor was freaking out. He was going, oh, Eugene, and the cops were here. The cops yeah. were here asking me what happened. Like, why is there yeah. all this blood? And mm-hmm. he just said, I don't know. I heard a scuffle in the hallway. <laughs> Smart. That's a right <laughs> answer. I never, I never saw either of those guys again. Oh, I don't know what
0: happened to them. Right. Um, right.
1: I know that Johnny Law didn't have anything to do with whatever happened. I, I right. Right. You know, they just, the the guy was, Peter said he thought the guy was all right. Yeah. Um, You know, like didn't require mm-hmm. serious hospitalization, mm-hmm. but man, he must've been cut up pretty bad.
0: We knew a guy back in Calgary when we we're hanging around with all our vegetarian restaurants and health food stores and everything. We knew a guy who had um, been in Vietnam and then had moved to Canada and he and his friends were in bombers and they dismantled bombs. They just didn't tell anybody they were doing it. Wow. They would drop dead bombs. Kind of cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, Russian cool. soldiers, if you're listening, go bury those guns. Go bury your weapons in one place.
1: Disobey Please. or go kill, or go kill Putin. Although, who knows who's worse? I've heard, I've heard some some pundits, blowhards, uh-huh. whatever they are, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, suggesting that. Um the cost of this invasion is huge on Russia and, um, and mm-hmm. with with a lot of funding sources cut off, yeah, uh, he'll have trouble. If he doesn't if he doesn't take Ukraine in a few days, then he may be in real trouble. He may have right. stretched himself too thin. he may not have money and he may in fact be in serious personal trouble too.
0: Okay, I guess we're so, gonna find out. Let's yeah. pray. So anyway, I, I
1: just hope no more people get killed. In, more kill in, people in, get pray. killed. Yeah. Uh, it also caused me to think about, you know, this is happening right on the heels of the so called freedom convoy that held oh, yeah. uh, held Ottawa hostage and that mm-hmm. ambassador bridge because uh, they were like being tyrannized birth because of freedom and yeah, freedom. I just want to say you want to see freedom you just look at you just look at like the 70 and 80 year old Ukrainians mm-hmm. taking AK47s and going out mm-hmm. to fight the Russians mm-hmm. you want to learn about yeah. freedom look what these people yeah. are doing they're fighting exactly. for freedom they're not yeah. occupying against
0: an actual totalitarian environment yeah actual you know, yeah, you, these people you, had you, so you,
1: much freedom; they could occupy a city for for twenty two days while while yes. people politely asked them to leave right. because they nobody wanted to hurt anybody. Yes, right. Correct. That's the kind of freedom that we have, yeah. and they had freedom.
0: Before. They had freedom to leave their houses behind and go on the road for twenty two days.
1: Exactly. Um, so anyway, and, and buy I don't need to all get all that, on a just, rant about that. No, this. I'm
0: glad. I'm glad you said that. So praying for Ukraine, praying for Putin to. Uh, stop, and uh, all of the above.
1: Rough times. Rough times, indeed. Mm -hmm. If you want to reach us here at the agency, you can email us at theagency.podcast at gmail.com. We love your email, and I went and checked today, and (laughs) I was looking for that new message to make me happy, and it wasn't there. And we would
0: like to know your favorite concert and your least favorite concert. We haven't given up on that. Please email us and tell us.
1: Anybody. What was your favorite concert? Your least favorite concert?
0: We did talk about that a couple weeks ago. Remember? Oh yeah, was the worst. Okay, concert, never mind. Or did was it wasn't the worst? concert? It was concert? the worst. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really have a least favorite. I just had the worst. Okay. Um, with the so we want to hear your worst concert
1: and your very best concert. Do you prefer the stadium environments or the club environments?
0: I don't care. It's about you the artist for me. It's about okay. who, if I love them or not. You know, okay. I, I just anybody I love, I don't care if they're in a big space or a small space. I'm usually too excited. And I try to get as
1: close as possible. Right on.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, we hope you can email us. Hope you're doing well. And um, thanks for listening.
1: Talk to you next week.